Blog Talk Radio. Leo, how are you? Yeah, how are you? Um, Great. Yeah. What's up? You good? All right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just um, yeah, I, I just um, um, I need to get off the the other line. I just had a kind of an emergency call. Let me just get off that, and I'll be right back. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, just come back. Okay. To this. All right. And um, 
that's uh, that's Matthew, so he will be with us shortly. Um, what I wanted to dis- discuss tonight uh, before he comes back on is I'd like to. Uh, um, there's a, there's so much going on out there in uh, La La Land um, that uh, there's something interesting. Uh, Australia became the first country to begin microchipping its public. Yeah, I mean, what the hell is going on? You know, it's it's pretty pretty strange. Um, Hello. Oh, hey, how are you? How are you back? Great. I was just reading a. I was going to read an article on Australia that uh, they're beginning to microchip all of their population. So, oh Lord have mercy. Yeah, yeah. Australia is a wild country. I, I don't. Um, they're, 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 they're. I, I can't say they're progressive, but they're definitely. Uh, um, what can I say? Uh, New world order <laughs> seems to be there. Their goal. I mean, let's 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 microchip the world here. So, anyway, uh, I mean, that's that's, that's that's outrageous, outrageous, outrageous. Okay. Is it ridiculous? Yeah, it's really, it really is. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, they, but they've done other things like this. You know, they just uh, do stuff like that in Australia. I don't know why. Um, I'll I'll read that later. But uh, let's let's talk about uh, about your uh, your ventures here. Uh, what have you been up to lately? Oh, well, thank you so much, you know, for having me back on the show. Um, yeah. You know, you, yeah, I mean, you were you were really uh, one of the first interviews we did after our big launch, and it's been a few months now, and boy, we have, um, you know, launched um, and followed through on a lot of the programming that we um, set out to do, and um, in fact, we are working with homeless and low-income people to um, really work with them to uh, empower them to be involved in democracy and really exercising their First Amendment rights to free speech, freedom of assembly, you know, uh, uh, freedom yeah. to petition the government for redress of grievances. And um, remove under, trying to understand and remove barriers um, to such participation, and so we launched that uh, what we're calling the Smart Alec. Of course, that's the name of our organization, and it's the Smart Alec um, Homeless and Low Income Civic Empowerment Program. And uh, we got a little bit of startup grant funding for that, which we're excited about, and we basically have brought, uh, uh, we're working with a group of three homeless people who are living in downtown Portland. We have brought them to testify twice at the um, county commission meeting and give public testimony. And uh, the first set of testimony was kind of uh, remarks around um, some shelter proposals that are going on right now. And then uh, the following uh, time they remarked on um, the police sweeps the police brutality um, that, you know, that they face constantly being woken from their sleep um, and really talking about how that affects them, what it's like to not, you know, be able to get a good night's rest because you're being harassed. Um, so, um, and then we did a 50, uh, we did a survey where the, where our three um, 
uh, program participants interviewed 50 homeless people in downtown Portland um, to, under, to have a better understanding of their, um, you know, their their views regarding their own uh, political efficacy, their level of knowledge. So we asked them questions like, "Can you name the mayor?" We also asked, "Do you vote? Have you do you vote regularly?" Um, and and uh, again, you know. Um, on a scale from one to ten, do you think you can make a difference in government? Uh, what are the, your barriers to participation? Um, would you be more involved if you could be? And we're trying to really make the case that um, the fundamental flaws in our democracy come from an imbalance in political participation, where you know low-income people are so left out of that process. I thought that your I thought that your, your organization also was uh, involved with affordable housing, uh, writing legislation yes. for that. That, that was yes. one of your your, your uh, yeah. major thrust, yeah. But now yeah, really and that's kind of what we yeah that's what we talked about last time was our um, our model legislation, and that is kind of the other half or the other aspect of our programming. Um, and as you know, we're a progressive response to ALEC, which is that American Legislative Exchange Council. They threatened to sue us, actually, by the way, in June for trademark infringement, and we fended them off um, by, by not ceasing or desisting. Uh, and um, we actually have been working with several cities on our um, model affordable housing legislation, which that's uh, the affordable housing impact statements. And um, my um, board secretary, Dr. DeWanda Farmer, and I flew out to New Orleans. We met with the planning commission, city council members, stakeholders, et cetera, and they uh, went through a whole public hearing process where they studied our ordinance and unanimously recommended adoption. So um, those things are happening all at the same time, and we're hoping to bring those two together um, as we create our next round of model bills for affordable housing and also the environment, because we believe that low-income people and homeless people need to be part of um, actually having the conversation of understanding what the problem is, coming up with the solution, working out the details, and then doing the advocacy of that. Because with Alec, you know, which is this big corporate lobbying firm that writes, you know, a, a good fraction of our state policies, right? Um, that is not participatory. That's not grassroots. That's not transparent. That's people working out the solution, you know, a bunch of PhDs and corporate, you know, lobbyists working out the solution uh, with, you know, attorneys and Republican hacks. Uh, and what we're saying is let's pursue an entirely different vision of creating policy. And to be honest, we need that capacity of low-income people to be demanding these changes in policy because there are already a lot of good ideas out there, Leo. I mean... But obviously, the, the, the people who are in power are not listening because they don't feel like uh, the uh, you know ordinary people are organized in a meaningful way to make those demands. 
there was a group, uh, I forget the name of it now, but it, it was featured uh, a while back on a major, on one of the news programs. Um, I, I was, uh, it, it, I forget where it is, but they were doing some tremendous work for homeless people and uh, recreate and creating, uh, um, uh, creating shelter for for uh, from the from abandoned buildings and all this kind of stuff and creating uh, real shelters uh, for for homeless people and housing you know actual housing so uh, and they were a nonprofit as well but there's there's a lot of lot of um, concern out there now but uh, can you do you have any stats on how many homeless there are in the in the United States right now? Well, you know the 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 official numbers are in, you know, the couple million. Um but it's it's a you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a gross undercount. <laughs> you know, it's a gross undercount because uh people don't really rush to identify as homeless. There are people who are silently living in their car who will never know are homeless. They're showing up to work you know, and they're showering at their gym where they have a membership. I mean, this is the stuff that's going on. So um, a lot of the people who technically are homeless wouldn't necessarily show up in the shelter system or um, a, a point in time count. Well, I, I, we heard recently, uh, well, I say recently, I believe it was last year, that Walmart, I don't know if this happens all over the, all over the country, but Walmart... Has, has essentially um, uh, opened their parking lots to homeless uh, people, to homeless uh, car, people who, you know, uh, to, you know. It's so interesting. Cars. Yeah, um, I I heard that just from, frankly, a, a friend of mine um, who kind of retired and, uh, you know, uh, got out of her lease and purchased a motorhome. And so she's traveling the country. And yes, in fact, uh, Walmart uh, will open up their parking lot to the motorhome people. And, um, and, and it's good business for them because while they're there, they're going in and buying supplies. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's a way of life. Yeah, it's not just the SUVs and stuff. It's the, uh, I mean, the actual cars and people that live in, homeless people that live. And, uh, and wow, I, I've seen so many of them. It's it's, it's absolutely. I mean, you, you, you say I've seen them. I, I mean, I, they're, you know, whenever you see a car with a with bedding and everything else in the back there, and it looks like it's, it's kind of broken down, but you see them, and uh, yeah, you see them, yeah, you see them a lot of places, and you know, you know, you know, people are, you know, you know that you know that's where they're living, but. Um, uh, it's 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 such a tragic thing, and I I was wondering too. I mean, I remember back. In, uh, you're probably too young to remember the '80s, um, as as a uh, um, as a uh, I don't know as a middle-aged person, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know your age, but uh, I. I'm, I'm 35, so I mean, I was I was uh, you know I was alive, but I don't know how aware I was. <laughs> when I office, you know, when I probably one of the, I, because I, I, I had a business and I was, I mean, I was, um, uh, during, during the 70s and 80s, and, um, uh, and, and of course I was in a volatile market in the 80s. I was in real estate and finance uh, for 20 years, but the, 
the thing that that, um, that bothered me so much is I saw what happened during the late 70s with, with apartment. I mean, there seemed to be a, a flurry of apartment building, uh, apartment buildings. Uh, in fact, that's when Trump got a, a foothold in the in the business, okay. um, building apartments. Uh, and and then what happened is uh, the the market kind of then, then everything went to hell after um, after the uh, uh, Carter years and, the, and his deregulation of everything. And then as we entered 1980 and 81, we were in a horrid recession. Uh, you know, uh, with 20, 21% finance uh, 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 mortgage rates, adjustable mortgage rates is, is, is insane. And uh, I know because I was lending money there. <laughs> and and uh, the the amazing thing was is that when, when Reagan came in with all this happy prosperity, whatever, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 was, okay, which really did help in many, in some ways. But by doing so, he created over three million homeless himself. His own res- within the first uh, four years of his of his, uh, and the reason for that was because the prices of housing, uh, I, there was good and bad, but the prices of ho- I was in real estate at the time, so uh, you know the, the 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 incredible real estate boom of the 80s, uh, 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 the early and mid uh, late 80s, uh, became a. A, a real issue for the cost of uh, pricing of affordable housing. Uh, there wasn't any affordable housing anymore. I mean, everything was doubling and tripling in value uh, during that period. And uh, I uh, I saw it firsthand. In fact, uh, I was a chairman uh, uh, for the real estate board uh, uh, in my area, chairman of the affordable housing uh, 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 committee uh, back in the early 80s. Uh, in uh, Central Connecticut, and I and I saw it firsthand, and, and the the effects of this high pricing real estate. I mean, it was wonderful if you owned property at the time, which I did, because everything you know you you couldn't help but make money. Um, but so many people were left out of that because they the first time buyers and stuff like that became very uh, uh, prices of property just became overwhelming. For so many people, and then by the nineties, um, you know, it, we, it, it was just a massive collapse of the market. And uh, I laugh now because, uh, uh, you know, I, you know, everybody's shocked at, at uh, uh, Trump losing a billion dollars, you know, uh, <laughs> in the nineties. Well, I know I, I knew guys that lost millions in the nineties. I lost I lost a fortune in the nineties, and, and uh, <laughs> it, it just happened, and and. Like, but what was genius about him was he was able to to to, to um, you know d- deduct. Uh, 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 he didn't have to pay taxes for for I don't know eighteen years. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you exactly. The truth. I'll tell you the truth though. Back back in those days, any way you could possibly, yeah, um, you know, the, the worst ogre in the world was the IRS. You know. So you, you just uh, you, you did everything you possibly could to try to dodge your taxes, then uh, because you okay. You know, if you're making any any large amounts of money, but then what happened was when your values of all your property went to hell in a handbasket. I mean, you lost 
millions and millions and millions of dollars overnight, you know, depending on what you're in. In his case, he lost a billion dollars, you know, because he, he over-leveraged and, uh, you know, things just went to hell. But uh, I see. Uh, I see. Well, you know, it, it's it's what's, to, what, 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 what I think happened is that the, 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 the people who, you know, have a role in providing housing in our society on the private market, you know, um, they kind of, I think, lost sight of the question, can can people really afford what I'm charging? And, you know, in a a way, you know, supply and demand is supposed to take care of that, but there are some problems with that with housing, which, you know, first of all, you have to have housing. You can't say, oh, you know, I think I'm going to go without housing. So people will stretch themselves to the breaking point, you know, and then, you know, and then second of all, you know, so, so people will overburden themselves to avoid becoming homeless and then they'll become homeless. And then rather than coming down on the price, a lot of these property owners would rather have it sit empty so that they can continue to have the high property value. They don't want their property value to go down. So we have this phenomenon of ho- homeless people and yet empty empty properties that, you know, are priced where, you know, people can't, can't, can't pay. So we really think that um, we have to understand fundamentally the role of the public sector in providing housing because, you know, the, the private sector doesn't really see their job as housing people. They see their job as making a profit first and foremost, and only incidentally sometimes are people getting housed. Oh, that's true. That's true. I uh, I recall. Um, well, I recall uh, we're living through it now, actually. In, the, in any ways, but the uh, 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 the cost of, for instance, in Connecticut, uh, Connecticut is one of the worst, including, uh, and I guess California is the worst. But uh, as far as the cost for uh, to to rent it, just to rent an apartment. Uh, uh, in in Connecticut, a two a two bedroom apartment, uh, you you need to make twenty seven dollars an hour, right? <laughs> I mean I mean you know come on, crying out loud, twenty seven bucks an hour, you know I mean that sounds like a standard wage for a good minimum uh, for a good middle class job, but twenty seven bucks an hour, uh, two thirds of the population in Connecticut can't can't don't make that, you know. Uh, right, and, uh, right, yeah, they, right, you know, and and from, what are we, what, what are we getting from go ahead. other other uh, uh, discount houses or where, wherever they can get a retail job? Um, I mean, I mean they're fighting for fifteen bucks an hour nationally uh, as a as a minimum wage, but uh, crying out loud! I mean, in most most states, you can't even afford uh, at fifteen bucks an hour. You can't even afford rent. You know, uh, right, right, and that's. Yeah, that's what I was going to say was like what what gains are we getting from these, you know, struggles to increase the minimum wage and yet, you know, all the money is going to pay for these increase in the cost of housing. So there's no enjoyment of this benefit. <laughs> you know, it, it's actually like a transfer. It's a transfer from employers to property owners. Uh, like, like workers never benefited. <laughs> well, it's like in Australia, I bring up that Australia again, but their minimum wage in Australia is twenty-one dollars and seventy-five cents an hour. Twenty-one dollars wow. and seventy-five 
dollars an hour, minimum wage. Okay, so uh, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, most industrialized countries, their minimum wage is, is is much higher than ours, much much higher than ours. Uh, I believe Germany is uh, at twenty or eighteen or twenty dollars an hour, uh, but uh, but the uh, the 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 most staggering um, uh, differences. They, I mean, all of these countries, these countries with these high uh, um, uh, minimum wages, also have universal health care. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Okay, how does that happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. How does so, that happen? So, What's the going wrong? Yeah. Here, you know? Yeah. I mean, I so the 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 so smart Alec. Um, model bill for affordable housing impact statements, as I discussed last time when I was on, is to help us keep track of the impact of every public policy decision and does it add units to our housing stock in a city or county, does it subtract units and at each income bracket because every city and county has an unmet need that can be quantified with census data and other available data and we know exactly what income brackets and what we need. So this is a tool to help keep track of that. And um, I actually just, um, we just entered into an exciting partnership with the Fulton Atlanta Community Action Authority, which is the Community Action Authority, obviously, in um, Atlanta and Fulton County. Um, and we're going to be collaborating on a, um, Exactly what I described earlier, um, low-income people um, in the Atlanta area to put together um, our next model bill. And what we're trying to address, I'm tentatively calling preservation first. And preservation first, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know what the details of it will be, but the, I, the general idea is that as we're spending millions of dollars federal dollars and other dollars to build new affordable housing, um, and it's very costly and we, we get you know, incremental additions of units, we're losing, as you said, you know, some of it's on the private market, but some of it's also because of public policy decisions, we're losing our existing stock. And you know, if we're taking one step forward, but we're taking 10 steps back every time, that's a problem. So we need to look at not only, you know, um, trying to control what happens on the private market um, through incentives and other things, um, but we also need to look at public policy choices. And some of the things that are happening is that uh, senior citizens have homes that they may not be able to keep up with repairs um, and maybe it goes into a code violation and then it goes into an MREM proceeding or people feel pressured to sell their home because they're afraid of that happening. But if we can make smart, small investments to repair those homes and then make an agreement to keep them affordable, then we can prevent, you know, the loss of that asset. And then, um, you know, to the extent that Foreclosures, I mean, cities actually, cities, counties end up owning a lot of property because of um, these types of proceedings. And, um, you know, instead of just um, selling them to 
companies, hedge funds like uh, Blackstone that's, you know, going around gobbling up uh, cheap homes all over the, the world, really, you know, um, we could put them into trusts. We can require that they be affordable. That can be enforced through a covenant, you know, a recorded, you know, covenant uh, with the county, um, you know, all these. And so these are just possibilities. But the general idea is let's have a comprehensive strategy to preserve the existing affordable housing stock that we have in our community using public policy tools that already exist. Well, I, I agree with that, but I, but I, I, my, my concern is uh, I, I see it. Uh, I, I, I brought this up a couple weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, um, regarding the uh, tent cities, the, the expansion of these yes. tent cities on this country. Yes. It's really, yes. it's really disturbing to see. So many people, uh, especially you know, out west and um, and uh, uh, in a, in, 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 even in Hawaii, which I guess they Hawaii is one of the largest tent cities in the country, um, out of the 50 states, and, um, and and homes in Hawaii are astronomical. Homes in San Francisco or anywhere in California are just just insane. Uh, the, uh, uh, the the cost of rentals and, and property. I mean. Uh, I mean, you look at television, you watch anything on TV, uh, any of these uh, home shows there and stuff, where they where they're selling real estate. Quite a lot. I mean, you can't. You can't I mean, out west, out in California, you can't even buy a two bedroom house for under a million bucks. You know, in uh, somebody's. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that's. Yeah, they run down run down properties, and they're they're going for a million bucks. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. But I, yeah. I can't. But I mean, having I don't know, being in the business for for years, I I knew what it was like. I knew you know deals were there, and you know you you, you got it and you fixed it up. But that was in an appreciating market. Today there is no, there's very very little appreciation, and um, mm. on any there's no interest uh, on any on your on your savings. There's no uh, there's no uh, increase in your. Uh, uh, in your real estate assets, or, or I mean, everything is just bottoming out, and uh, and, and of course that's going to raise uh, problems that it already has with the. With, uh, to me, and I'm sure you're, you're seeing this. To me, what one of the biggest culprits is, uh, especially in the inner city, is is uh, or, or um, larger, um, not metropolitan, but larger. Uh, um, uh, Towns, you know, uh, townships and stuff where the taxes are astronomical on those properties. Astronomical. Um, you know, you take a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house in upstate New York, and you're paying ten, fifteen thousand dollars a year for taxes on the damn thing. I mean, it drives right. people right out. You know, they can't afford them. Right. Uh, so if you get, when you figure you can get a hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage today at three percent interest, you know, but it's costing you. Twice what you're paying for your mortgage just to keep up your, uh, you know, to, just to keep your taxes up, you know, on the house. It's it's, it's terrible. It's 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 it's, it's criminal. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I did want to talk about the ten cities for a minute together. because they seem to have you no know, choice but to keep those taxes as high as they can. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Um, 
yeah, yeah, but as, as, as far as these these tent cities, um, you know, obviously that's not the long term solution, but right now it is absolutely necessary. Um, and unfortunately, what we're seeing um, in many cities, uh, including Portland, um, which is where we're headquartered, is sweeps. Um, they're doing you know, sweeps of camps spending tremendous resources to move people along, you know, take their belongings with the force of the police. Um, and it's kind of like this game of musical chairs that never ends with, I, I guess, the intent of, you know, getting getting people to just disappear or, you know. But in, in reality, uh, some of the research that we did, um, there was a a statement of interest of the U.S. Department of Justice in a case called Bell v. Boise, in which Boise had enacted um, a, a homeless criminalization ordinance, which is, you know, um, no sleeping, no lying, no panhandling, no, you know, no sitting, no begging, whatever. So um, basically, the Justice Department opined that when a jurisdiction lacks adequate shelter space to meet the unique needs of, you know, their citizens, and which basically describes every city in the country, right? Um, uh, then it is a violation of the Eighth Amendment to, um, you know, basically harass somebody or threaten them with arrest for doing what are considered basic human activities that can't be avoided. So sleeping is a basic human activity that can't be avoided. And the Justice Department said that that's a violation of the Eighth Amendment, which, by the way, is the um, prohibition on cruel and unusual punishment. So they, they're saying that, you know, um, basically harassing and arresting somebody for doing activities that are unavoidable as a human being and there's no alternative is akin to such practices as tarring and feathering, <laughs> which were the, you know, historically what was going on when they wrote the Eighth Amendment. I, I found that, um, I, I don't know, if, if, if you look at what, how, how, how these people, and that's why I'm grateful that you're doing what you're doing, because probably one of the, one of the most tragic things I've, I've witnessed in, in, in many, many, many years, over the years, uh, was what people suffer, you know, and how, how badly they suffer from, from homelessness or from hunger or from, in this country, uh, you know, much less, my uh, God, all the other countries that, that are, are wanting right now, but this country, uh, to see to see the poverty rates in this country, uh, one in four children or one in three children now or something like that uh, are, are, are living in poverty. Uh, our food uh, depends, they, 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 they don't have enough food to eat, um, no uh, shelter, uh, you know, clothing and basics um, are, are they're, they're deprived of. And I and I uh, in in this country it, it, it's staggering. I mean, when we can lose track of ten trillion dollars, ten trillion dollars. <laughs> trillion dollars, and you can't account for it. I mean, I mean. Ten trillion dollars would be would would take care of half the half the half the deficit this country is in already. I mean, ten trillion dollars would pay for housing. I I read somewhere where 
what they lost, the ten trillion dollars that they lost, would pay for six hundred thousand dollar homes for every single homeless person in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, a six thousand dollar home for every person in the every homeless person in the United States. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, and 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 all the money that we're spending on policing and criminalization and you know yeah. bureaucracy and controlling and you know, being better than, and I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just insane. And, and, and instead of standing in the way, um, instead of standing in the way of homeless people, um, kind of creating their own solutions, um, we should be, we should be, you know, empowering them. And we, we, don't we talk a good game about empowerment? Like, oh, these people need to better themselves and they just, you know, want to, you know, not do anything. But when homeless people actually do try to organize a community, <laughs> we, we, we don't want that to happen. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be fire-related rules, that there shouldn't be, you know, there should be limits. There should be a limit of the number of people in each, each community. There needs to be a plan for self-regulation. There needs to be a plan for garbage, all those things. But um, we should be able to come up with some kind of zoning um, uh, overlay that um, that takes care of this. And what we're actually seeing is, um, you know, there's homeless encampments, but also zoning has been used to prevent such things as people having a single family home with a lot and allowing somebody to put a tiny home, you know, on that lot um, to, ha you know, actually house somebody. And, you know, and that's with the consent of the homeowner. But don't you know? So um, you know, we've we've got a. <laughs> it's 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 funny because um, I'm 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 usually advocating for regulation, but today I'm saying sometimes sometimes less regulation. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you, but I, then then what happens is, I, see the the whole debate around. Uh, I believe me, I, I uh, the the thought of a Hillary presidency is uh, not only disgusting but it's a uh, stomach turning but the, the thought of a trump that one is 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 just about as frightening as, as that because <laughs> under under those under either one of them you're getting nowhere you know nowhere uh, the only ones that are benefiting under hillary's plan is another uh you know uh one million syrian refugees that they're planning to bring in in the next few years all right uh you know they're getting homes they're getting priority they're getting uh, welfare. They're getting some of. The, I guess they're even getting transportation and stuff like that, you know. But you got all these homeless people, all right? They can't even get that because they don't have a. They, a lot of them don't have a, a, a an address, you know. Uh, they can't. They can't file forms. They can't. You know. Uh, they don't have telephones. They don't have cars. They don't. You know. Whatever. Um, and. Uh, they, they, they just don't have the basics. I mean, sit now these uh, these refugees that they're taking in now uh, and plan to in the future are doing better off than than a lot of the regular Americans that can't get welfare, can't get these these uh, these different things, you know, because they're not. Wow! 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 Well, you know, I think I think that. Um, you know, I'm I'm more interested in the in the um, you know the the, the missing ten trillion dollars uh, than than you know uh, you know fighting with Syrian children 
but uh, you know, for for resources. But I, I, uh, I, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I do. I absolutely agree with you that we need to be also looking at, you know, what is the federal government going to do? Um, what what are we going to demand from the federal government? Because um, there has to be solutions from that level too. There has to be solutions from Congress. There has to be solutions from the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Um, there's, you know, we need more, obviously we need more funding, um, you know, for the vast array of housing programs that we have. Uh, we also need, frankly, because we have, we've moved a lot of people out of public housing and into the voucher uh, program where they have a voucher that they can use, but we continue to see discrimination from, um, from property owners on the basis that we don't take a voucher. And there's been a movement to revisit the, the Fair Housing Act and say, you know, we need to add as a protected class form of payment. You know, you, so you can't discriminate on the basis of race, you know, sex, gender, uh, familial status, and so forth, disability, and form of payment. <laughs> because, you know, if it's a voucher, it's good. The government's good for it. So that's not a reason to say no. If somebody has... You know, if somebody it goes in for their interview and they're acting crazy, that might be a reason. But the form of payment is not a reason. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember well, still even today. Uh, you know, a government uh, uh, they used to. I forget the, uh, the name of it now. Uh, the program was. Uh, um, oh God! Well, it was a it was a subsidized subsidized housing, and. Um, but they gave, I, I, I forget the name of it, where they paid uh, two-thirds or more of the housing expense, or the rent. Of course. Know, or for, the, right. um, for the tenant. But uh, Section 8, they called it, the Section 8 uh, in Connecticut. And um, right. I know they have others, you know, all over the every state uh, equals everywhere. But uh, these vouchers, uh, or these, these, I mean, tenants, uh, not tenants, landlords loved them. You know, because the the thing they, they would pay, them, you know, and uh, and if the if the person didn't pay the rent, uh, the the state would evict them, you know, uh, because they you know they have to they have to pay two thirds or they have to pay a third of it, you know what I mean, or something or other um, of the cost of the rent. But um, but again, like I said, in Connecticut, the rents are so damn high that uh, you know you're paying a you know, for a two-bedroom uh, 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 place, you, you know, upwards of a thousand dollars a month, and that's not including heat or utilities or anything like that at all. And uh, that's a lot of money. That's a hell of a lot of money for oh, people yeah. make, making ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a year. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, how do you spend sixty percent of your income on a on a uh, on housing? You know. Um, no, it's 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 untenable. Um, so with Smart Alec, and that's you know SmartAlec.org. I know I, I've appreciated your um, your uh, uh, likes and and reactions on Facebook. So thank you for that. And uh, that's you, Leo. Uh, and uh, we do encourage people to check out our Facebook page. It's Facebook.com/slash/state dot municipal dot action and that's like the first three letter you know words in our acronym for smart alex state municipal action and um 
basically, we fended off a legal challenge to uh, from Alec, which was <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, uh, you know, that kind of blew up and became a national uh, story when that happened, and we were threatened with this trademark infringement claim, and we got this letter from the attorneys, the DC attorneys for Alec, you know, which is, you know, of course, the multi-million dollar corporate lobbying firm, uh, and basically, we were given a two-week deadline to cease and desist, and rather than ceasing and desisting on the date that we were supposed to cease and desist, uh, Dr. Farmer, who's um, our board secretary, drove out to D.C. from her home in Baltimore and delivered a bouquet of yellow roses to Alex's attorneys and a card that said, thank you for acknowledging us, signed the smart Alex. And that was... <laughs> two, three months ago, and uh, we haven't heard anything. So we think we're good. You didn't send an STD, huh? Right? Say that again? I'm surprised you didn't send the cards and flowers STD. (laughs) STD. (laughs) (laughs) Delivery through STD, No, 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 no. We, we, we wanted a special touch, you know, from our board secretary, and she wore a. It's on YouTube. She wore a lovely yellow dress uh, in the spirit of friendship, and and um, of course our logo is also a, um, a smiling, uh, affordable house with the sun in the background and the the solar panels. So yellow is, um, you know, also had uh, had some symbolic meaning and. Uh, yeah, uh, so you, people can check out that video of her dropping off the flowers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How? What are you? What are you? Are they still suing you or what? They haven't said a word. Like I said, it's been three months and they haven't said a word. We never felt like they had a case for trademark infringement because I mean we are not Alec. We're smart Alec, and um. There's no consumer confusion issue. Um, everybody is clear on the fact that we're two different organizations. Um, I don't really think anyone could possibly listen to me talking and thinking that I'm an agent of Alec. And, um, you know, we basically, um, you know, we felt like on the one hand it was a, um, it was a um, kind of a, a um, colloquialism, you know, it's you know, smart aleck. You know, my my father used to say, "What are you, some kind of smart aleck?" You know, do you think you're a smart aleck? So um, I've been a smart aleck my whole life, um, and that's nothing new. And then on the other hand, it's a parody. We're saying they're aleck, and we are a smart alternative to aleck. And parody, of course, is a protected free speech. So. We think that both sides of our double entendre are protected, and there's no confusion. Right. And we think that they were trying to um, really squash us at an early stage because they enjoy the um, kind of monopoly that they've developed over the democratic process in in, in our state houses and senates. And they don't necessarily okay. want to see ordinary people. What is that? What do they actually stand 
Morgan? A-L-E-C? Oh, yeah. So it's the American Legislative Exchange Council. And they uh, are behind such things as voter ID, um, um, privatization of prisons and schools, um, uh, trying to prevent uh, anything to protect the environment through, you know, uh, preemption, state preemption of such things, and um, and so it's really they've they've tried to undermine solar energy by taxing it. I mean. They, they, Anything that might be good, they're trying to stop, and anything that's bad, they're trying to do. Um, it seems. And um, and I, I, uh, go ahead. I don't see how you guys. Uh, yeah, unless you get a. Uh, uh, I I don't see how. Uh, how uh, how how much of a future there's going to be. As far as affordable housing, uh, with a with a Republican Congress, um, mm. I mean these guys these guys are just as stingy as they get, and you know they're not gonna they they don't want to give affordable housing. But it, my my curiosity here, my what I'm wondering is if if because uh, Trump has mentioned this in some of his uh, 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 some of his uh, stump speeches about. Uh, building, you know, he he wants to build. He wants to build houses. He wants to build uh, uh, affordable houses. He wants to build, uh, uh, and he says, if if we can get the country back to work, all right, things will be affordable. But we will, you know. But um, he had mentioned that uh, things that uh, the the cost of housing, the cost of living, is is extremely extremely high, and. Uh, uh, I think he wants he wanted to target that area uh, for people as well. Bring up the cost of bring up you know uh, bring up the standard of of, of 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 housing and the standard of infrastructure in this country. But um, but Hillary is basically the same thing. You know, as, uh, she wants to give more to the illegal aliens. She wants to give more to the. Uh, I mean. I mean, when you think you want to bring in another million uh, or more uh, uh, illegal aliens, put them all on welfare, give them call. I mean, these they even allow them to have college degree, to call it to pay for college, even as illegal aliens. And we don't get, they don't give that scholarship to to uh, regular uh, regular Americans, uh, regardless of their color or race. Uh, you know, I mean, where what is that? What you know? What is that all about? I mean, where that isn't that discrimination in reverse of some sort with the Democratic Party? I I don't understand it. But whatever I do, whatever I see is that people everywhere are hurting, and they're really hurting. When when the average American uh, doesn't have more than a thousand dollars in the bank, okay, mm-hmm. I, I think it's sixty percent, fifty-five or sixty percent of the American people don't have more than a thousand bucks in the bank, okay. Uh, that's that's pretty damn sad, I think. You know, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, no other country that's supposed to be so damn wealthy has such little, uh, has such uh, 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 wow. poor savings. Wow. You know? Well, you know, um, I I I think that the you know the the one percent kind of delights when we when we fight each other over the you know the the, the crumbs and the. Scraps and everything, um, but 
you know, and they're and they're and they're running away with the with the whole pie. Um, but it's just, I, 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 look, it's just horrendous. The trillions of dollars that it costs to bail out not only this country, but but this country bailed out uh, European banks, all over, European countries. We bailed them all out, all right? Uh, you know, somewhere in the ex- extent of twenty to twenty-five trillion dollars uh, went to bail out the banks around the world. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. during the two thousand eight and nine uh, recession there, right? Now that and, could uh, be that could be a whole other hour conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Is a banking system <laughs> crazy? That was crazy under Bush, under Obama. And who the hell knows who it's going to be under whoever it's going to be? But, yeah, um, yeah. But I think I think you're 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 right to say that you know we need to be looking at housing as a as a as a policy issue. I actually hadn't really heard um, um, that. Um, I, I guess I've never heard uh, Mr. Trump ever talk about housing, but if he if he is, that's 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 good. I mean, but we as a nation tend to not see housing as a public policy issue, and certainly it's not. I mean, we never hear it discussed in a debate. <laughs> you know, it, that's that's. You know, and 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 as far as like Democrat versus Republican, I don't even think that that like that even has anything to do with housing policy because um you know most democrats are, and republicans are basically in the same boat which is you know uh, you know n- n- not enough regulation too much letting the private market you know um run run amok and you know n- not enough investment in the public sector so you know i i think that we've tended to see Housing is something that, oh, well, you know, that just happens on the private market. Oh, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? Rents go up. Isn't that horrible? Um, Not to see that as something that we, you know, we have a public responsibility to do something about one way or another. Um, and, and, And in the meantime, people are struggling you know, people are silently struggling in their in their homes, in their cars, if they're sleeping in their cars. You know, they're struggling with this first of the month that's happening every month. And it's causing, you know, anxiety and high blood pressure. And people are having, you know, health problems as a result of it. You know, children are having to watch their parents, you know, worry about. It's, it's absolutely horrible what's happening. And we're saying like, oh, you know, this is something that's happening to me. This is like some kind of personal, personal bi- biographical, you know, story um, that I'm struggling with that has something to do with perhaps my failure, you know, as opposed to this is a failure of public policy. This is a failure, a collective failure. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's one of the greatest shames. Uh, this country, uh, the, their neglect of of that um, homelessness uh, and poverty. But I think I think of uh, what what you're saying is so is so right. But the um, there are so many nonprofits that are coming that that are that, that have come up. Uh, so many food banks and so many um, uh, community organizations and so on that are. Are trying to fill the gap, but they can't. You know, and, and like even like in, in your operation, 
but there's so many out there now that they're all vying for the same dollar and the same voice. Uh, but uh, it's it's not getting anywhere. I don't see it getting anywhere. I mean, you're almost better off going to a GoFundMe page, you know, in some in some cases, than uh, than defending than getting any grants from the United from the from the government lately, you know, in the last several years. Uh, exactly. Some of his work is done. But, you know, here's another thing that just, just totally blew me away. Uh, uh, I read it last week uh, that uh, they, they came out with the figures that uh, Obamacare, uh, they received, the IRS has received $1.7 billion from the American people, the uninsured American people, and the penalties that they, re- mm. that they had to last, last year. Uh, to the IRS. Wow! 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 Well, I gosh, I mean, I totally understand that. I totally, yeah. I, I, I almost, I, I almost wrote an op-ed called "The Fine Is Fine," because you know it was like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to, you know, go onto the exchange and pay for insurance where, you know, the the deductible is so high that I'm never going to really ever use it? No, I'm better off just paying out of pocket for everything and paying the fine. So the fine is fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the fine I believe was seven or eight hundred dollars or nine hundred dollars or something like that. Um, right. If, uh, I mean, what the hell? If a guy does, I mean, you know, if 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 sixty percent of Americans don't have a thousand dollars in their savings accounts. How in the living hell are they going to pay for uh, eight or nine hundred dollars in a fine and still have no insurance? You know what I mean? And God knows where they are, but it's like, uh, you know, it's like totally, absolutely insane. And uh, that's why, unfortunately, uh, I mean, there are there have been some good things for the for the very low income uh, people, but you know that those people that are just getting by, you know, they can. I, you know, you're right. If, Get insurances or benefits from their employer. All right, they're they're screwed, you know, and and that's why this this uh, this fine is so absurd. Uh, when I when I couldn't, I'll never forget it. Uh, three years ago or so, when they first came out with the Obamacare, uh, and I, they started they they put out a chart as to how much, uh, you know, you're gonna have the gold plan, you're gonna have this plan and that plan, you know, and the brass plan, which was the cheapest one. You're still paying uh, for a family of uh, a family of uh, four. You're still paying three or four hundred dollars a month, all right, for uh, uh, for 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 insurance, in, which included the subsidy you were you were supposed to receive from Obama. Right, and it's a and it's a skinny plan that 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 has a, a high deductible. thousand dollar deductibles for you know that kind of stuff. It was like insanity. Well, you know. The, the, <laughs> It, it, no, and that's that's why that's why it's going to be repealed. There's there's no doubt uh, it will be. Even Hillary was going to repeal it somehow, because people can't afford it. But it's like you know to to. No, all the all the industrialized countries in the world that you mentioned have come to the conclusion that you know we 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 need to just you know uh, use the the general fund to to do this and take out the insurance companies and take out the middleman and. Getting, like the people that are getting the, uh, uh, they're, they're taking these these funds out of their tax refunds. Okay, the funds that they owe, um, the uh, Obamacare, you know, and uh, right. they've been taking out of refunds. 
And the poor, pe- poor people depend on these uh, earned income credits, you know, uh, especially out of families and stuff. That I mean, it, it allows them to get money back, okay, and get their get a, at a sizable refund that helps them out. Um, right. Now what's happening is, oh, that refund is now being picked up by, by uh, Obamacare and the IRS again for as a, as a penalty. So it's like yeah. you can't win. You can't win under any circumstances with that, with that plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, we should have we 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 should have just gone directly to single payer, but you know, this is the United States, so we have to prove we have to try the market thing and prove that it doesn't work first. <laughs> but okay. Hey Matthew, I, well, uh, we're just about at the end of the show here, so but uh, I wanted to want to thank you. It was, it was quite a conversation tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me back. And, you know, and uh, hopefully maybe we can make this like a seasonal thing. Well, I hope so. I hope so. So um, have a good night. Thanks for thanks for uh, being with us. And, okay, um, great. Bye. Thank you so much. Okay. And thank you, thank you to your listeners. Okay, bye-bye. Right. And uh, that was Matthew Cardinal, and co-founder of um, Smart Alec. A nonprofit lobbying group for uh, affordable housing and the homeless. Um, and station, uh, they're they're out of Portland, Oregon, but they're uh, kind of a national group. They're working in a number of uh, municipal um, municipal areas. Uh, but uh, um, you know, that's that's just it. I hope to to have gotten into some of the uh, madness of the uh, 216 presidential election recently. Uh, but uh, we don't. We kind of didn't have time. And uh, but tomorrow night, uh, our union night issues and economy and that and so on. We'll bring up a lot of these uh, other issues. But uh, thanks again. Um, check out smartalec.org. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, smartalec.com, I believe. 